0: Good morning, everyone. I have no idea what we were thinking, having me walk around Tallahassee with this stool, but uh, there we go. We dusted it off and and brought it back out. So uh, this is us. You know, this is um, you know. A lot has happened since 2003 uh, when my family and I moved here, and I. I actually got lost in a bunch of old pictures uh, this week, and that's a, that's a black hole, just to let you know. You start getting into pictures like that and everything, and I wanted to share just a, a few that just kind of, I thought, just jumped out at me. Um, the first one is uh, my wife and, uh, and I I's and our family's church planning photo. This is what we sent our friends and family. This is what we sent uh, uh, people here in Tallahassee who we were going to partner with. Uh, so never trust the picture, right? You know, they're like, oh, look at that nice guy. Look at that hair, you know. Uh, that went very quickly. I was holding on, you know. I was like combing it every which way, you know. Uh, you know, uh, and I remember I... It was just a few, probably a few months into being here. And I'm like, I, I'm not fooling anyone, and I'm no longer fooling myself. And <laughs> went off. My uh, my son um, was two years old when uh, we moved here. My my daughter uh, was, uh, I think she's five. In in that picture, I think that would make sense. Uh, my l- lovely bride with her short hair. So uh, there we go. Uh, 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 next picture. Uh, this this is the core group that that we started our church with. this is back in in two thousand and three. We were in a old uh kind of warehouse <laughs> up on the north side of town and uh we shut down uh the the church Seven Hills that that uh, they were a part of to start this new church that we are what we're doing there we we called it for about six months a cocooning time and we're actually praying over uh, mailers we were going to send out for our first Sunday and the next slide is just a, is a is a close up of um, of us just we prayed for every single one of those uh, postcards that went out to invite Tallahassee to this new church called Element Three Church. The next photo uh, is uh, where we launched, and uh, this uh, this was the old restaurant that that is on Mayhan. It started out when we when we got it. Uh, uh, it, it was the Mickey Andrews goal line stand. When they shut the doors, they didn't clean up anything. And there was a small group of us before we launched. I mean, we were cleaning up mayonnaise that had been sitting out for years, and uh, it, you know the bathrooms hadn't been cleaned, and and you know it was really disgusting and and really dirty. And so the next uh, the next slide. Uh, that that stage uh was was being built just to let you know uh that stage got built and was never used. Uh this uh the city of Tallahassee uh, said that it was too high. Uh <laughs> and they would not permit it. If you can see that it was they built it the the, the right height was before uh, the top was on there or something like that. It. Again, it's going back a lot of years, so nobody ever even like had to pull all that those guitars off and everything, tear it out, and uh, and there we go. Uh, that was one of my first experiences with the city of Tallahassee. Uh, next slide. Uh, this this is the uh, just how it used to look uh, at the at the restaurant. Those those tables were all hand painted uh, by people. Now all those tables are actually at a new church plant, um, uh, uh, Hill, hillside, uh, which is a church plant, and now they're using those tables. So that's pretty pretty exciting. The next slide. Uh, Uh, We used to have free message CDs back in the day. I don't know if you guys realize this, but when we launched, uh, uh, there was no Facebook, there wasn't smartphones, there wasn't Twitter, there wasn't anything, and people actually uh, used to have to get CDs to actually hear the message and and give them out and things like that. So we gave away hundreds and hundreds of CDs. Next uh, slide. This is a uh, wall. This was actually in the... In the original restaurant, if you go to the next slide, I think you get a little bit better uh, perspective. It, uh, so we wrote, uh, before we painted, we wrote people's names that, that we wanted to see come to Christ. Friends and family that we were dedicating our church to, uh, to serve. And this is the, the Saturday before the, the Sunday that we launched. And we were sitting there, and you could see... I. I had already cut all my hair off, if you can see. Uh, uh, we, just, we just came together and, and we prayed uh, just for the next Sunday. Next uh, slide. This is, this is uh, day one of our church. Uh, uh, that's Scott Simmons and Josh Fruit and Stratton Glaze. Uh, when I came, they agreed to lead musical worship for one year. And uh, they were faithful uh, in that. And just to let you know, we went from one gathering to four gatherings in that little church uh, in, in the first year. And it was crazy. Uh, people were sitting on the floor and everything. I mean, it was a very small space. But uh, next slide, I think, is just more of a, uh, just another, just that's the way it used to look. Just, uh, just you know, kind of bare bones. Uh, uh, next slide, and we're just about done. This is uh, one of the things that has always been, and I'm glad I added this slide because Pastor Dan was talking about this. One, we have always been active in Frenchtown. Uh, we have always uh, uh, tried to serve those who are under-resourced or marginalized in our, in, our, in our city, and this was one of the early iterations before Serve Tallahassee's name was branded and everything. It was uh, lunch on us. This is kind of funny. This is uh, Red Eye before Red Eye was actually really Red Eye. This is before we are public, that our tagline was actually coffee with a soul. Uh, and the, this was a kiosk that we had, and, and we just uh, encouraged people to uh, buy their coffee here, and 100% of the proceeds went to local and global uh, service and being the tangible hand of Christ. And then I think this is the uh, final slide. This is one of the early, uh, it's not the earliest staff uh, uh, photos, but I thought this one was just kind of fun. Um, you can see at the far left, there's there's Pastor Dan, and uh, then uh, next to Pastor Dan is Pastor Eric. Uh, and uh, there's Jeremy Walter and uh, Ashley Poole, who was our child's director before um, Elizabeth. There's me uh, with my shirt untucked. And, uh, and that's Kara. She, she was forced on me. Uh, uh, she was my first administrative assistant for years that... They're like, you need administrative assistant. I'm like, no, I don't. They're like, yes, you do. And I'm like, no, I don't. I fought it for years, and then finally she showed up, and they're like, she's gonna help you, and uh, and she did, and she broke me, and I, uh, it was very very difficult. So, those are just some some pictures from from the old days, uh, and today, you know, it, I'm not preaching uh you may not you know walk away and say you know what a what a great message but but hopefully we can understand what who we are and as we go forward uh who we are in Christ who we are as as the body of Christ and where we came from and as pastor Eric teaches uh next week and the following week where uh uh, he believes God is is taking us, and I used to feel very uncomfortable about giving talks like this. I always felt that that it had to be heavy in scripture. I'm a, I'm a Bible guy. I love I I love the scripture. I, I love the stories, but I was always very uncomfortable talking about us as the church because I I thought it was vain, and I thought it was vain. and I and, and it always made me kind of uncomfortable when churches were like, Hey, look at what we're doing. We're doing, I'm not there anymore because uh, I wholeheartedly know now that this church exists solely because God wants us to exist, that we uh, are experiencing His love and grace and mercy, and just like those beautiful stories and narratives in Scripture, that we're part of the continuing story of God and that our story is important as it's woven into the fabric and the tapestry of God's uh, uh, love letter to uh, the human race. So there's three things that I just... I wanted to just kind of tell you uh, uh, that, that I've learned, that, I, that three truths that I... Hold evident and uh, are absolutely true that I've learned uh, from planning the church and, and, and working with people. Uh, and those three things um, are this. Uh, number one, you have to allow yourself to be in a place of need in order to experience God's providence. You have to sh- allow yourself to be in a place of need in order to experience God's providence. And we're going to go back and talk about each one of these. The next one is, don't underestimate the impact of your generosity. I just, if I, if I could put that in your heart, if you don't take anything else away uh, uh, from today... There's nothing wasted with God. And when you are generous, heaven opens up. And I'm not just talking about financially. I'm talking about with your ideas and your service. And yeah, your money. And then the last one that I've learned is the local church is at its best when life is at its worst. I've changed a lot since the handsome young man you saw in the first uh, photo with the young family, you know, uh, not only just externally, um, but, but also just my understanding of the church. And I still... Wholeheartedly believe that the church is the only organize, organization on earth ordained by God to carry out uh, his ministry and to speak into every aspect of somebody's life. But I also believe that, you know what? The church shines when everything else falls apart. And I just. I have seen it again and again and again, and the, probably the biggest reason to be part, like, I mean, not just showing up to church, but being part of the fabric of a church is when life falls apart, because it falls apart for everybody. You're sitting there going, like, life has never taken a left turn on me. I'm, I'm doing great. Good luck. You better you better start coming to church every day and, and get in grow, every growth group because it's common, it's common, and you know what? You know, we can hear lots of sermons. I was thinking about it. I mean, I've given thousands of sermons, and I've written thousands of of Bible studies. And the reality is, you know, is rich if that is, and that, that guides us and binds us and, and helps us see God when it's all coming apart. I just, I can't imagine having to go it alone without the, the, the people who are to your left and to your right, the people that you get together with and study the Bible. So those are the three things that I want to talk about today, and there's stories associated with each and every uh, one of those. Uh I I believe that E3 is actually evidence that God still does miracles. I look back and I think about, you know, a, a guy who rented heavy equipment and who was heavily invested in, in his church back in Los Angeles, but uh uh coming and 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 joining with the folks here that uh, especially you know, just in the environment where Tallahassee was at, at that time. And what God has done and the impact not only locally but globally that God's done through this church, through the people of this church, and through his body is just absolute evidence to me that, that, that God had a bigger plan then, than I could even have uh, envisioned at that time. But I've also learned, again, the first kind of truth, marked truth, I guess, that I wanted to share with you was that you have to allow yourself to be in a place of need in order to experience those miracles. You have to allow yourself to be put in a place of need in order to experience the providence of God. If you settle for living a life that you can predict, that you can control, then that's all you're ever going to experience. You're basically saying, God, don't worry, I have this handled. I'm I'm, going to settle for for the mundane. I'm going to settle for the natural, and I'm not interested in the supernatural. But if there's something inside you that, that you want to tap into, you want to actually experience the supernatural, you actually want to experience God, that you have to get out of the boat, right? Like so many of us, we want to walk on water, but we want to do it at the safety of, you know, in the land, uh, on land. We are not even in the boat. <laughs> you know, and then those of us are a little more adventurous, maybe we get in the boat, but we're definitely not getting out. And I'm saying, you know what? In order to do that, you have to step out. You have to say, and, and a lot of times, and I... You know, the people are like, well, you know, God gave us brains, and absolutely. And I'm not talking about being foolish, but I'm but I'm also saying we can't be secure in our own understanding, in our own wisdom, in our own security. Because that basically puts us on the shelf to experience spiritual dust. That, that God shows up and and you know coming here to Tallahassee you know I look back and in in some ways you know it was a it was a big risk and in other ways you know it maybe not as big you know it's definitely not as big as what other people have done and things like that, but for me it was a stretching stretching experience and it wasn't what I thought God was going to call me to do but it was what God called me to do and I know that uh, at, at my very core but also that rem- that reminds me you know that there were like key moments in the life of e3 that were were high points and low points where God and where God showed up that I couldn't experience these things of God's majesty and and his providence unless I actually came here and open myself up to a place to allow myself to feel that. One of the first kind of uh, uh, things that I got hit with, as, this was before the church had even started, that uh, we were in our core group and, and we were cocooning and we were talking about what our church eventually was going to look like. And, and I thought everything was going great. I thought everybody was happy you know, that, you know, they, you know, that, that they, you know, thought I was doing a great job. I thought I was doing a great job. And, and a series of uh, conflicts started happening that, that, that uh, I didn't understand at the time. But God was using people to get me off of my own understanding and to put my eyes solely on him. One of the first first ones was, in the original core group, there was somebody who uh, was giving a lot of money. And after one of the core group meetings on on Tuesday, where, uh, you know, I thought I gave yet another brilliant lesson, and uh, and the accolades were coming, he came up to me and he said, hey, can I talk to you for a second? I'm like, of course, you know, you're probably going to say, hey, Mark, that was amazing, you changed my life, you know. (laughs) You know, how could one person be just, you know, such a vessel of knowledge and insight? And uh, he pulled me aside, and and he looked at me, and he said, I don't like the direction you're taking the church. What? <laughs> and I said, okay. Uh, and And he said, if you don't change it and do it the way I want to do it, uh, I'm going to uh, take my money and 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 go somewhere else. And you need my money. And I remember going like, well, number one, I did need his money. I did. Like I mean, I'm just telling you. Like, the math was there. And I remember just sitting there, and it was like one of these few times that I feel like God spoke right in my heart at that moment. And he said, whose church is this going to be? Whose church is this going to be? Because you need his money. Your church needs his money. Which is absolutely true. But if this is going to be my church, if you're actually really here and you're out of the boat and you want to trust in me, you want to experience my providence, you're going to tell him that God doesn't need your money. And that's what I told him. And he left. And that going through, and that was very scary because there wasn't a whole lot of money. And we were trying to do a lot of things. And I, as you saw, I had a young family, and I'd just taken them uh, you, know, from California to here. and you know, it, was scary. it was scary times. A few months uh, later, uh, as things progressed, that uh, our uh, financial leader at the time uh, uh, invited me to lunch. Yet again, I think oh, I must be doing a great job wants to take me to lunch tell me well you know you know how can one man you know be full of such insight and and and, and uh, humility right and so <laughs> so he he shows up and he opens up his little his little book and and he's going through and and he's like mark something's got to change and i remember him saying, if $5,000 doesn't come in this week, nope, we're not doing payroll. We can't do payroll. So, Pastor Eric, if Dave Lewis invites you to lunch, don't go. <laughs> Dave's, Dave's uh, wise counsel, he's, he's overseeing the finances. Just kidding. But, uh, and I remember, and I'm just like, Wow you know this is this is tough times and everything and and we talked about it and i just like okay uh got to figure this you know figure this out and uh so after lunch we were walking back across the parking lot and i i said hey let's stop by the mailbox and and uh, the mail was there and i looked through the checks and tried to find one of you know the ones that looked like there might be a check in there right and and I open up this, this this one, and I smiled, and I turned to him, and I said, I think God is telling us that it's going to be okay. And he's like, is it $5,000? I said, no, it's $1,000. And for me, like that was God's providence showing up and saying, you know what, I'm not going to give it all to you right now, but I'm going to show you that I'm, I'm still here. And I remember showing up that that Sunday with uh, my my checkbook and uh, prepared to uh, write a check out of our our savings to cover whatever difference so uh the the small staff at that time uh, and all the other bills that wasn't all payroll, but all the other bills rent and stuff like that were was going to be able to be paid and uh and I remember uh, uh uh, so I don't re- remember why, but somebody said, just, just go home. I think he said, just go home. Let me, let me take care of this. And I remember going home and everything. He says, I'll call you later. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I, I get home, and I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting for him to call, I'm waiting for him to call. And he finally calls, like actually on a home phone, you know, back in the day. And, and he said, are you sitting down? And I said, no. He's like, sit down. I'm like, I don't want to sit down. He's like, well, you should sit down. And I'm like, I don't want to sit down. And I'm like, just tell me. You know, I'm like, how? And, he, and he's like, you will not believe this. And, and I, I hate telling this part of the story because it sounds like it's a story. But it's what happened. He said, we had a $4,000 offering with that other $1,000. It's $5,000. It, and, and we're Okay. I mean we're still a week away from extinction, but right now we're okay and And I remember just like wow that that just broke me and then just one more other quick financial thing and yet another time that that we were in in a bad way and it, uh and and i was still holding on to this this was something that god had to break in me that that this is god's church and it's and i have to do what i am responsible for but but as i said before don't underestimate the impact of your generosity and i remember there was in another point that that you know things were super super tough and and things were going to not go very well, and I had no idea, and the Sunday had come and gone, and, and the money wasn't there, and, and I was sitting there, and I was, I was praying, and I was just like, God, you, you know, God and I have interesting conversations, you called me out from Los Angeles, you know, we're here, you know, that, you know, that, you know, what, what is going on, and this is the most, like, kind of bizarre kind of thing um, that happened, I just, I had no idea, how we were going to make it. And there was a knock on my door, my home. And I live in Killarne Lakes in the back. So like nobody's ever like just in the neighborhood. Yeah, like, I mean, they, they night is late, you know, late-ish at night. And there's a couple there who uh, uh standing at my door. And right? I'm like, what are you doing here? And they're like, we were just praying. And God said, write a check, drive over to Pastor Mark's house and give it to him. And by the way, if you ever get that promptium, I'm cool with it. Just come by. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I remember receiving that check and seeing how much it was. And again, it was exactly what we needed it for. And I remember them leaving. And I walked into my office and I fell to my knees and I repented and I promised God, This is 100% your church, and I will not doubt you on this again, that you have, you have shown me that you are, you own the cattle, or a thousand cattle on a million hills, or whatever it is, (laughs) a lot of cattle on a lot of hills. What translation do you use? The Dyslexic Mark translation, yes. So, uh, but, but the fact is that, you know, that that, that was something that's interesting. You know, I always, when I was growing up, always thought, you know, the pastor has it all together and everything. And that was one, you know, that just, you know, but like I have learned more and more just about, you know, just what it means to be a pastor and what it means to be uh, the church. The last thing I just want to touch on is the local church is at its best when life is at its worst. I mean, obviously, over in over a decade, there's been tragedy, a lot of tragedy in our church and in every in every church, uh, because bad things happen in life. Children die. Spouses get sick, accidents happen, and time and time again, I have seen the difference between people who lose their faith and 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 leave the church because they or or just weren't part of the church, or just you know are just just attending that that they didn't have that that support structure uh, that they needed, and and. You know, there's a difference between the organization of the church caring for you and the organism of the church caring for you. And if I've learned anything, even though the church as an organization will care for you, uh, because that's what the church does, it's much, much better for the organism of the church, the people People that you are already connected with, who love you and care for you, and and know you, and instead of coming in and saying, you know, uh, what's the what's the procedure that the church is set up in order to care for this? The way that I believe that God has it set up is that you know what the church comes. And uh, because they know you, because you've invested, you've been generous with your time and your intellect and your money, and and you've done life with one another, and we know each other's kids, we know each other, and it's not a surprise that actually the organism is proactive instead of reactive to these things happen. And... I just want to implore you to not settle for just attending. To be part of the organism, to be part of the life of the church. And just, uh, just to close out with these three things, again, for what, for what it's worth. Number one, you have to allow yourself to be in a place of need in order to experience God's providence. And I desperately want each and every one of you to experience that because the miracles that I've seen, and I mean, I honestly could tell you story after story after story forever, and I know we don't have time to do that, but God has been so good and so great, and we have seen so many miracles here at our church. Number two, don't underestimate the impact of your generosity. So many people is just like, you know what? What's my tithe matter? What what does my service matter? What what do my ideas matter? Let me tell you, they matter. It, it, It makes a huge impact. I mean, just the body of Christ when it is working together is an unstoppable force. You know, with for five hundred you know people, you know, just the the multiplication of that. if you say, if every single person in our church said, "You know what, I am going to actively serve one hour, and I'm not saying limit, I'm just this is the math. That's four hundred hours a, uh, a week, you know of, of of gospel, our church coming together and working together to make Christ known. I mean, that's the equivalent of 10 full-time ministry people. And that's the power of one. It just, I mean, the same is multiplied with with your mind, and the same is multiplied with your money. That if everybody is faithful, you don't need people showing up at the pastor's house with a check and i wouldn't trade that experience for the world but the reality is if we are all faithful with what god's entrusted to us and we give him back our first and best that the church is operating on all cylinders and then again the church is at its best when life is worst sundays are great and you need to come to sundays but don't just settle for attending Be part of the organism. You guys pray with me.